Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So Liz. Yes. You know, it's 4th of July weekend. One of my favorite weekends of the year. How about you? Well, I celebrated my independence on Juneteenth. So this is just a weekend for me. It's like a normal weekend. It's already celebrated independence. Are you going to turn your flag upside down? Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's just a regular weekend here for me. It's no different. Well, unlike um, you celebrating Juneteenth, um, hopefully there'll be at least a few hundred Americans still <laughs> taking pride in their country, celebrating our independence. Um and, you know, that means people are going to be eating ice cream because it's summer. That's right. It's hot because of global it warming. It's hot. It is. It is. It's hot. But also, I think people are going to be eating a lot of ice cream because it is the favorite treat of our um, president, quote unquote, president, Joe Biden. I saw that the media was very excited to report on Joe Biden's ice cream habits. The hard-hitting journalism against Joe Biden. How did they the do Pulitzer it? The Pulitzer crowd. The Pulitzer. Remember, these people got Pulitzer prizes. Firefighters. <laughs> Putting out so many fires at the local ice cream shop in Wisconsin. It's amazing. So, what was Joe's choice? Was it Rocky Road, Julie? Because well, he's been down a rocky road. Har har, Liz. I think that was an AP reporter. Who was chiding the president about, are you going to get Rocky Road? Because that's what it's been for your infrastructure bill. LOL. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> so, but what kind of ice cream did he get? I remember it wasn't Rocky Road. Like, Well, here's the thing. I think he actually had to get a milkshake um, so he could suck it through a straw. Just because, <laughs> you know, getting that spoon up to your mouth, it's a task. When you're... It was an insure. <laughs> They're like, give me an insure chaser. <laughs> like, I'll have a milkshake and an insure chaser. Sidecar, insure sidecar. <laughs> now, see, that would be hilarious if somebody was like, is that insure ice cream? Because then you know he would go off and he'd be like, don't ask oh me my what gosh. kind of ice cream I have. Get your own ice cream. <laughs> The other creepy thing. So quiet. Let's whisper. No, I'm just so dumb. Okay, go ahead. Yep, go on. No, let's talk about that. What is that creepy whispering thing? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. It was really jarring because it wasn't just like one phrase. He he talked like that several sentences. It was really weird. I'm gonna get them more money, Julie. What if he did it in the exorcist voice? Red drum. Red drum. Red drum. Your mother's soap socks in hell. I don't want to say the actual phrase because we're not that gross here. Um, I don't know what it is. Here comes (laughs) Joey. I think the media just skipped over it because they don't. I mean, how do you even spin that? You know, you can spin his ice cream choice. Which I might add, there was an episode of Veep where they focus grouped what flavor ice cream Serena, who's the Veep, Julia Dreyfus, <laughs> Julia Louise Dreyfus, they focus grouped like which what flavor was the best flavor. So I wouldn't be surprised if we they also did that at the in the Biden office. But you know how do you how do you explain the weird whispering? Just weird, weird. I don't know. Well, look, this is the sort of really weird behavior that he was doing on the campaign trail in late 2019, early 2020, before the pandemic came and rescued him. Remember, he would just like randomly confront people and just do like these <laughs> weird voices and this like crazed look in his eyes. He was so threatening they, people, right? He was. He was threatening, he threatened somebody. He's like, do you want to go outside? Take this outside like a man. I think like, he Wait threatened a, a few people. He threatened like the auto worker. And then he threatened the guy who he called fat. Um, oh, that's and, right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a few people. And he he got in the face of a few female reporters. This one, I think she was an NPR. They were on a bus and he sort of did that whispering thing to her, too, like right in her face. It was 
I should look up that clip and get it because, um, you know, it just is so representative, though, of his arrogance, right? He gets so offended when anyone challenges him at any level and takes so much credit for things he had nothing to do with. And well, why wouldn't he why wouldn't he take offense when he's never really been confronted? I mean, these folks, these Democrats, and certainly Biden now that he's president, I mean, they they're never called on their shit, you know? They can right. do anything. They make gaps. I mean, Biden's like a legit racist. Didn't he say early in the 80s or the 70s he didn't want any Negroes in his neighborhood or something gross like that when he was talking, doing some zoning thing. I mean, this guy, and then, you know, he has involvement in the crime bill and it's just like, he gets a pass for that. So he's going to be arrogant because he can be arrogant, you know, and he's just not going to get called on it. Nobody's going to say, you can't act like that. You what's the, what the hell is wrong with you? Any no Republican would try and pull that crap. You know, Trump did it, but look what they did to him. I mean, he didn't care, but Trump is different. Um, Didn't they make fun of Trump's ice cream habit? Oh, my gosh, that's right. Donnie Two Scoops. We are (laughs) we were told by the the Pulitzer media, Pulitzer Prize winning media journalists that Donald Trump war war correspondents, frontline correspondents that Donald Trump would have ice cream for dessert and he would get two scoops of ice cream but the dinner guests would only get one scoop of ice cream so and this was literally in the news cycle for not a short time this was headlines in the that's right papers of records the framers of narratives the prize winners um this was they felt worth ink basically to talk about how Donald Trump got two scoops of chocolate ice cream. And I don't know. I, I, at this point, it's like, what else can you do, but just point at them and just go really, you know, because we're, it's, we're used to it. It, there's so much disparity and there's so many, so many differences, the way in which the media covers Biden and the way the media covers Trump. And that's just the name of the game. This This is what happens when you abdicate, control or influence at the major institutions of America, like the right has done. So yeah, that that's what we're going to get. We're basically getting a commercial. um, Kamala is not, she gets no such sort of glowing press coverage. I missed the article about her cattiness or some issues in her with her staff. What you read it. What, what is that all about? Not that it's a shocker. Well, it's interesting because the first thing you have to think about when you see something like this is why is it there? Okay. The media isn't in the business of informing you on things that are important. The media is in the business of brainwashing you or getting you to think, you know, think, make certain, you know, think certain thoughts. So who, who leaked this stuff to Politico and why it's a Politico hit piece. And so a lot of the staffers, um, talk about how abusive it is. Literally, it was described as an abusive environment. The There's some hits on her chief of staff, Tina Flournoy, um, who, Flournoy, who is an established D- Democrat operator. Yeah, who was she um, with before? Why is that name familiar? Who is she? She worked with, she's not Michelle Flournoy, which you might, it's oh, a different okay. one. But she did work for How, Howard Dean, this particular Flournoy. But, um, you know, there are all of these little cliques in Washington, D.C. among the Democrats, too. You know, we hear a lot about the Democrats versus Republicans, but it's really a mistake to think of Washington, D.C. like that, because politics is an industry just like any other, like the medical industry, the insurance industry. It's a there's an industry and in every industry you have little groups. So. Even though there's Democrats, there's the Clinton people, the Obama people, the Biden people, the Harris people. And, you know, you got to pick your horse, so to speak, because that's the way you go up the ladder at a certain point. So normally a politician who wins a presidency brings in their people. Trump didn't bring in anyone or brought in the enemies because he didn't know any better. But, you know, Biden brought in Ron Klain, who he goes way back with. They all bring in their loyalists. But, you know, you're. If your candidate, your person doesn't 
doesn't continue to win, you're not going to advance any far any further. The, the the top people are reserved for loyalists. So somebody is trying to take out Tina Flournoy, probably. It certainly sounds like it's a hot mess over in the Kamala Harris office. It was abusive. People were it was not a healthy environment. One of the sources said people felt mistreated. People don't feel supported there. Now, who knows? You know what kind of freaks work for Kamala, right? I mean, did they just want to sit around and have a drum circle all day? I don't know. You know, I mean, in general, <laughs> working in the White House is a very stressful job. Nobody's giving you foot rubs and, you know, smudging your office with sage to ward off the spirits. It's like nut up put on your big boy pants. This is a lot of stress here. So I don't know if it's true, but it's interesting. Why are they running a hit piece? You know, maybe it's the Biden people because the Biden people do not want Biden to hit the eject button and tap out of the office, even though he's basically like, you know, a cocoon, you know, of a man. He's not, yes. you know, he's not there. And, um, but, but if Biden goes, Right. If 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 Biden has to go, all his people will be out of the influence. Right. Kamala's not going to keep Biden loyalists. No, she's going to bring her people in. So right. I think that the Biden campaign, the Biden team, Team Biden has been throwing. What are those things called when the cops are chasing someone and they throw like spikes down to break the tires? Like, oh, okay. I think those spike things. I think that that's what Biden is doing. That's why they give Kamala like shit jobs. They're like, oh, hey, you're in charge of the border. You know, (laughs) who wants that job? Go meet with the Japanese prime minister. No one cares about that guy anymore. Well, but not just (laughs) not just stuff that somebody doesn't care about something bad. I mean, the border ideal. The best thing for a vice president is to do things like open libraries and meet with a Japanese prime minister. When you put a vice president in charge of a hot mess. And then he can go, well, the border, you know, this was Kamala Harris's responsibility. She's the border czar. I right. mean, that's why she wouldn't go down there. And that was a source of contention, too, because they didn't tell anybody she was going to do that, probably because she was terrified it would leak. But also, I mean, she didn't really go to the border. She went to El Paso, which isn't exactly where the problems are, because she doesn't want a picture with all of the, you know, in the background where there's people like crossing the Rio Grande with backpacks full of fentanyl. So, um, but they kept it very close to the vest and a lot of people were kind of pissed because they didn't know she was going to go. So anyway, I think that the Biden people are putting this in to keep them in line, you know, to keep the Kamala people in their place. Because like I said, they're all going to be out of power if Biden has to tap out. So just my thoughts. Here's what I think. I really think that it's time to replace Kamala with Dr. Jill. She obviously is ready to take on the job. She really handled the G7 conference so well. You know, she studied, did her homework. She's a quick study. She's a quick study. She's a happy dresser. She had the shower thing on the other day. The most, the most important reason is she's a doctor, Julie. But that's it. That seals the deal right there. She's a doctor. So, yes, um, I agree yeah. with you. They're not going to replace. Com- I mean, they have to wait it out. The question is, is Biden going to last for four years? And the Kamala people are no. hoping no. No. So, right? but they need they need to like. I think they need to keep let the Kamala people know that they're not going to let this go down without a fight, you know, and make it, you know, and let them know we're going to, we're going to damage you and we're going to make it rough for you if you try. And because who knows what Kamala's people are leaking around too, right? Though everyone who works for her think wants to go into the oval, right? They, they want to be, they're measuring, she's measuring the drapes every time she go in there for a meeting for sure. Right. So. How about that? How about that photo? I think it was last week, but <clears throat> where the Republican dupe uh, senators Romney, Collins, Murkowski, Portman, the usual just pathetic uh-huh. losers were on the driveway of the White House talking about their big deal that they negotiated with Biden. And then he like screwed him over. But she was like yeah. in the back behind some column. <laughs> She's like the eye of Sauron. Right. Like she's just the eye. She was just there, you know, like hovering. She's like a helicopter. 
ready to yeah. cackle any moment. She was th- that was really funny, but you're right. And I, th- I'm, I, I guarantee you, they are waiting for. It's just, all it takes is one more unfortunate st- trip up the stairs, you know. Right. And Biden right. could be, you know, out of commission. And then we have this woman that couldn't even get like one percent in the in the primaries, and who I think might actually not be very smart. Like. Well, that- I was just going to say that, Liz. I mean, I thought, come on, you know, she checked a lot of boxes. I felt like the suburban moms were going to go for her Um, in the primaries. She did so poorly. But watching her try to navigate even softball interviews or explain any sort of policy or issue with the slightest amount of detail, she is completely incapable of doing it because she is a perfect example of a very attractive woman uh, with a great smile, who's very warm, who, you know, you know, has some kind of charm, but never was pushed to do any heavy lifting. I mean, you know, well, she never, never broke to. a sweat, right? She never had to because she didn't get where she is today through hard work. She got where she is today because the oldest profession in in the world, which is that, you know, she had a relationship with Willie Brown and he got her into San Francisco politics. Um, And that's how she met all the people she did. She was around Willie Brown, who people wanted influence with because he was powerful. And, Mm -hmm. and that's how she got where she is. And she checks a lot of boxes. If you are a progressive who wants to feel good about themselves because they're voting for a person of color. Kamala Harris is not an African-American. She's half Jamaican, half Indian, and Jamaica is not in Africa. So she is not an African-American. She grew up the child of two professors. She spent her high school in Montreal. She is not a child of the hood. She's very well-educated, even though she's probably dumb. So there's no affinity. But the thing is, to be a good politician, it used to be. And I, I think it's, less so now that people are voting on even more random superficial characteristics. But it used to be you had to be good at what's called retail politics. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you someone who is, you know, I'm obviously biased, but I'm also trying to be honest. I'm going to tell you who's one of the best retail politicians I've ever met. And that is someone I don't like. And that is Marco Rubio. I don't like Marco Rubio, but I have met Marco Rubio and I've seen Marco Rubio work people. And the man is gifted. He is comes off. I've been at small events with him, like small, you know, maybe 10 people, donors, that kind of thing. He is charming. He is relatable. He is smooth. He does not come off like, yes, he, when I first met him, I'll send you a picture. I have of him. I took, oh my gosh, before he won his Senate seat at this event. I, as soon as this was over, I said to the person I was with, I go, that guy is going to be a star because he does not come off as slick or packaged. This was back then. Now, who knows what they've done to him now, right? I mean, but this was when he was uh, just a local Florida politician, but he is personable. He comes off as authentic. He's relatable. He's smart. And I just thought this guy is a great retail politician. And that is important. And Kamala Harris is not. She is not likable. She's not likable. The de- The Democrats are so superficial. They keep putting up these horrible candidates that check off their boxes. Another one was Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton's a woman. Okay, but nobody likes Hillary Clinton. She's – you. The pe- when you, in a presidential election, the number one driver for who people vote is their, is your likability. What is your impression of this person? It's not their performance. It's not how smart they are. It is, do you like them? Do you like them as the person, the way that they're presented in the media, or if you you know are around, lucky enough to be around any of them for extended a period of time? Hillary Clinton is not likable. She's not warm. She's not relatable. And then again, you have another person like this, like Kamala. And again, Hillary's there because she's a woman. That's why she was there. She was there because she was a woman. And the same with Kamala. She's there. She's a person of color and she's, um, you know, a, a woman. That That's it. But, you know, right. I know a lot of women on the right who are elected officials who are in Congress and they're very likable and authentic. It's just that, you know, our people – 
we have other reasons that stop them. It's not sexism. It's that they're not part of the pol- the professional political class. But still. So who knows what's going to happen with Kamala? I think that there's a war. I think it's Game of Thrones going on behind the scenes where the Biden people keep checking the Kamala team and letting them know, hey, we're we're not going anywhere. So that's just my opinion. Um, You know who else is a woman politician who totally sucks? Oh, my God. Who? There's so many. Liz Cheney. Oh, God. Yeah. She is um going to be on the J6 commission that was just <laughs> voted by the House along partisan yes. lines, except for wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Liz Cheney and Adam Kitziger. Um, of course. And so though, I think is, did they put Kinzinger on the commission? I know they put Liz Cheney on it. No, I think it's only Liz Cheney. Um, and Kevin McCarthy is shocked, shocked, Liz, Liz Sheldon, not Liz Cheney, shocked. I was shocked she would accept something from Speaker Pelosi. Oh my Perhaps God. she's closer to he them so than stupid. us. He is. You. What an idiot. Embarrassing. He's so, you know what? This is great for her brand. She's done. She is done. You know, the she is not going to win re-election. I mean, I hope she plans on retiring. I don't know how she's going to win re-election. What a bad, the optics are awful. Everybody yeah. voted against this. Everybody knows what this is. We've already been through this. We were through this with impeachment. We were through this, went through this with the Russia hoax that got drawn out and all the little hearings that they had while Mueller was working. And then we had the Ukraine stuff. And this is what the Democrats do to keep attention away from their incompetence is to provide a different spectacle. And it's going to be this. No Republicans, I hope more of them than at the beginning of Trump's term are now hip to this trick. So Liz Cheney working with the Democrats. Yes, that's good. That is not good for that is not good for her. Everybody knows where the political violence is. And it's not the Mimas walking up the Capitol Hill steps with a selfie stick. Right. So. Well, and, you know, and here's McCarthy. This is why the Republican leadership needs to be completely routed next year, including McCarthy. So apparently now he's the one who put Liz Cheney as conference chair caused in, you know, unnecessary political upheaval. He never should have appointed her. We're not even sure why. Liz Cheney has been in Congress for four years. She has accomplished nothing. I mean, name one major thing except for defending nonstop endless wars that her father started 20 years ago. What has she done? I mean, she doesn't well, have she's any the controlled opposition. She's a controlled opposition, right? She's in there to put a, you know, put a Republican bipartisan so they can say bipartisan. Right. That's right. That's what that's what she's there for. She hasn't done anything. And might I remind you, she was given that job. She was given that slot in leadership. by she skipped over a bunch of people who were more that's senior right. than she was, which right. really isn't fair. Um, but they wanted a woman. They wanted a girl because our dummies play the same game as the Democrats. And they wanted a girl in there and they wanted a girl that they could control. And that is Liz Cheney, who's on their team. So Kevin McCarthy needs to go. He needs to go. And, you know, if the Republicans take the House in in 2022, we need to get enough good people in there to get him out of the speaker's chair. Yeah. He um, and, you know, here is a and this is a lot of Republicans right now. Here is the uh, House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, who. blamed Trump for what happened on January 6th, who helped perpetuate the idea that this was the worst attack on our democracy in decades, these people are terrorists, et cetera, has yet to say one thing about the uh, nonstop prosecution of what happened. We have now 17 people have been arrested in the past week. They're actually ratcheting up this dragnet for grandmas and small business owners and veterans who dared to walk inside their own Capitol building. So, and he has said nothing. And so now he is going, now he's confronting the monster that he made, who is Liz Cheney. You're right there. How many other people deserve to have that? I mean, conference chair, 
don't you aren't you supposed to be like sort of a big fundraiser too? like you're supposed to be a marquee person like a headliner and I mean she's none of those things right so that's now what, that's a big part of the leadership job is you're yeah. out basically like trying to turn tricks with the donors it's to get is to get money we all know why she's there. She's there because she's a woman and she's there because of her last name and the fact that her father has a fair amount of respect and influence in the political industry. That's why. Right. That's it. Well, now uh, she's accepted this position on Pelosi's select committee. So she will go on. She also like Kamala Harris is not very bright. In fact, she's not bright at all. She never says anything original. You know that she has no grasp on the subjects that she talks about. She lament, you know, she whines on and on about our Constitution and the rule of law. And this is not who I mean, there's not a lot of distinction, actually, between the garbage that comes out of Liz Cheney's mouth and the garbage that comes out of Kamala Kamala Harris's mouth. It's like, this is our truth. This is not who we are. Like these meaningless tropes that please, you know, MSNBC and CNN or Washington Post columnists like Jennifer Rubin. But the rest of us know is complete garbage means nothing. Um, and, you know, she's about as bright and, and substantive as Kamala Harris. Yep, <clears throat> you're right. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens with this uh, select committee. They need to keep something in the headlines other than the murder rate going up, the overdose rate going up. People can't buy houses. Um, gas is what, five or $6 a gallon in some places. And yep. so, you know, their unemployment rate, I guess there's issues with jobs. Some people's state is still down, is still shut down. And so there needs to be a diversion. And of course the, the border, which is a hot mess and there needs to be a diversion. And this is going to be the diversion and they're going to subpoena stuff and get testimony. And they're going to have testimony of the, the Capitol Hill police. It's going to be televised live. This is going to be just like the shift crap and the Nadler. Remember all the idiot hearings we had to go through on Russia collusion? It's going to be the same thing. It's the same thing. And it's all to distract people from how things are going in their actual everyday lives, which isn't great because the Biden administration isn't doing anything. If McCarthy had any guts which he doesn't, um, or any Republican leader for that matter, they should form their own commission. You don't even have to have it of elected officials because it would violate all kinds of rules. Form their own commission, hold hearings offsite, direct people with knowledge about what's happened, get the victims of this abusive investigation to testify, get their family members to testify. They should form an alt Alt committee, not alt right, but all alternative committee commission to expose all the bullshit about January 6th, every single aspect of it from it wasn't an armed insurrection, which, again, I want to give you props to when you suggested that to me months ago to look into, which I did. And you were right. There were no firearms inside the Capitol that day from that to the role of the uh, U.S. Capitol Police to D.C. police using uh, explosive devices, rubber bullets and tear gas against peaceful protesters, all of it. Um, but they won't because they're completely gutless. And this is nope, they're not. No, they won't. We and you know, our it. own commission. We should we, just start the, one. It we <laughs> the unofficial here and then just bring <laughs> witnesses forward. No, but the the. The, the elected Republicans are so, almost all of them are such pussies. They would not they would be afraid to have a hearing to actually get some information, because the fact is that there isn't a lot of information about what actually happened, because there's no one trying to find out what actually happened. They're just right. people trying to score political points and have people come in and say, this is what I saw. This is what happened and and tell their story and. And even organizers of the event. Remember, there was over 200,000 people in D.C. for this event. 99.9% of them weren't anywhere near the Capitol. I had no idea what was going on. You know, they've arrested over 400. What are they, are they up to 500? They now? are, yeah, yes, past 500. 
<clears throat> they've got yes. over 500 people. But when you remember, think about how many people were in Washington, D.C. that day. And I think the counts were 200 or 300,000. I don't I don't know. You know, it, th- there was right. a small percentage of people who weren't not. And these aren't people who were violent or breaking things. These were just people who were there that they say had intent to disrupt an official proceeding, which, you know, OK, that's new. That's interesting. Um, so I agree with you. It would be the smart, bold thing to do for the elected Republicans that are in committees and have some level of uh, leadership or um, authority to say, we're going to we're going to do a hearing of our own with different people and hear what they have to say and get it out there. But they won't because their media is going to call them that they're apologists, that they support the insurrection. That wasn't an insurrection. Uh, that's what they're going to say. Right. That's what they're going to say. So they're cowards. Well, you know what, then they're going to get what they deserve next year, because the plan is to drag this out into 2022. This commission will allegedly release its findings. Uh, it will hang this around the neck, not just of Trump, but the Sedition Caucus, the hundred or so House members who um, wanted to delay certification uh, that day the outcome of the election. This is going to be Robert Mueller 2.0. And so when they have and at the same time, these trials are going to be going on because they're pushing these trials intentionally into next year. Any plea agreements, uh, you know, they're going to have all of these scalps of, uh, you know, innocent, nonviolent Americans whose lives have been destroyed. And the Republicans have not said one thing with the exception of a few And that's just basically been speeches and a few letters, which is nice. It brings some attention to it, but they haven't done anything. They're not screaming in front of the Justice Department about what's going on. I mean, they're taking the easy route. So when this is hung around their necks next year, sorry, you guys had a chance to expose fully what happened on January 6th and the Justice Department and FBI's abusive manhunt and prosecution of these people. And you did nothing. And so now you're going to pay the political price. I'm not going to defend anybody who didn't, who hasn't spoken up against what's happening. So go ahead, lose. What's the point of having a Republican majority anyway? Who cares? They are so scared. They are so scared of getting connected to like of the media saying, oh, they're part of the violent insurrection that they're just going to. You know, they're they're just scared. They're worried. And the thing is, the there is enough information out there for our elected officials to be like, wait, this doesn't seem on the up and up, you know, for them to say, well, wait a minute. Um, all these some of these people weren't even there or they walked in through an open door. You know, if, right. if they had no idea they weren't supposed to be there and there was an open door and they just walked in for 10 minutes. Why are why are you wasting time with these people? You know, why aren't you actually going after the people who were breaking windows, you know, who were, you you know, hitting an, you know, hitting cops or whatever illegal, actual illegal things that we think about. Um, And, but there's enough information out there for elected officials and people who care to know that something is up, that they should look a little closer into what's going on. But that's not going to happen. It's very disappointing. It is very disappointing. And Kevin McCarthy is just, you know, exhibit A as to what is wrong with this just cowardly Republican leadership. And so now he's going to get his ass handed to him today for the next few days by Liz Cheney and uh, the media. So that'll be fun to watch. So too bad. Too bad. So sad, Kevin McCarthy. (laughs) What else he's is probably, happening? I'm he's, so he's, immersed in January. What about the stuff with Tucker? How about the people who think oh. there's no way the NSA is surveilling Tucker Carlson? Oh what God. is wrong with these people? On I found I when I heard him say that on the show, I was like, wait, you're surprised? Like I I was not surprised about to learn the NSA is spying on Tucker. I was surprised that he was surprised, <laughs> you know, I'm like, duh, I, I, I don't know how you can be have been paying attention 
for five years, the last five or six years, and not think that there was going to come up, they were going to come up with some reason to find out who's talking to Tucker and telling him things. How can you not think that is good that was going to happen and the reason it was going to happen is because there were no consequences for the people who did it the first time when they pulled that shit on the trump campaign so why wouldn't they do it right i think there was a story this week kevin kleinsmith who is the fine u.s i think he was a doj employee or fbi attorney who forged an email to be included in the FISA warrant against Carter Page. And when I say forged, I don't mean like he changed a comma or a colon. He literally took out a word that that so that the CIA told the FBI Carter Page is working with us to make it read Carter Page is not working with us. I mean, it's outrageous. This guy, he's going to be back in business in a month. He's no done. doubt. No, no, I mean, it's he is like going to be finished in 30 days with whatever they did to him, which is probably champagne and, you know, and a Rolls Royce. And that's 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 it. So of co- why wouldn't they? And by the way, have you seen Durham on a milk carton? Where the fuck is that guy? Who? I know. Who? Come Who? on. That guy. I and mean, we he? now know somebody who you and I both considered legit like the real deal was actually going to follow through with all the things that he was saying, Bill Barr, um, another huge disappointment. And quite frankly, someone Trump should have fired in August when he suggested that the Durham report or investigation or conviction or uh, charges would not be brought until after the election. Bill Barr should have been fired on the spot for that, um, which was election interference in itself. So now we know that Bill Barr uh, thought that, Donald Trump was going to lose, that there was no evidence of widespread fraud, that it was bullshit, apparently was his quote that was excerpt, excerpted from his book that's coming out, which absolutely no one should buy. Do not spend a penny on anything coming from Bill Barr. What a colossal disappointment for someone who started off his tenure suggesting that uh, what he called the Praetorian Guard of uh, Barack Obama's FBI and Justice Department, CIA, from John Brennan to James Comey and the others, Andrew McCabe, et cetera, uh, that they basically violated their uh, their authority to go after Trump and his people and made threat after threat, appointed Durham uh, in October, right? October of 2020, which nobody knew about yeah. till after, <clears throat> appointed him special counsel allegedly Durham is in D.C. somewhere, uh, but we are now, this month, July, this month, five years away from the launch of the corrupted Crossfire Hurricane investigation, and no one has been held accountable. And this guy, Kleinsmith, who, by the way, this wasn't uncovered by John Durham or anyone else. That was part of Michael Horowitz's report, who I think might be the only quasi-decent guy in our Justice Department anymore. That was uncovered by his investigation, not anything that John Durham did. Um, So, or if John Durham even exists, we've only seen like the same photo of the guy over and over. I don't, is he alive? Like, so I I know that's really just that one photo of him. It's really weird. But where (laughs) is he? What's up with him? And where are the reporters banging down his door? Even reporters on the right. Nobody's trying to find out where this guy is operating. He's in D.C. They move. I think he was in Connecticut and they moved his work allegedly to D.C. I'm sure so he can work hand in hand with Lisa Monaco to figure out how all these people, you know, not bring charges against anybody. You can guarantee we're going to get a statement in the next month or so that says the Durham special counsel investigation has been closed. No charges are forthcoming. And that's the end of it. I mean, there's no question yeah. that's what's coming now. Yeah, Um it's very disappointing. But again, back to Tucker, are we surprised? No, I'm not surprised. I'm, 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 I'm just not surprised. I'll tell you, you know, you know what surprises me, Julie, I'll tell you what surprises me is that someone who works inside the intelligence community actually told Tucker. I find that to be like, I think someone was fired. Did you read about that? Maybe that's the person. There was some woman, I think, who was inside that got fired. I'm not sure. So I probably should say maybe. Yeah. 
And she she's a Republican, right? She ran against. um, Yes, it's that woman whose name I can't remember, but she's the one who allegedly told Tucker. But I'm surprised that anybody did that. Normally, the leaks are people are are not there anymore. They get rid of them, unlike what Trump did. So I'm surprised she was even still there. That's a huge surprise to me. What is even funnier are commentators who are just laughing, guffawing at the idea that the intelligence community or any part of it would be spying on someone as influential as Tucker Carlson. Like you had National Review come out and just like, oh, it might be a few bad apples, but it's not the entire apparatus. Okay. Like where? Was it Andy McCarthy? Was it Andy McCarthy? Give him like three years. He'll come around. Yeah, like well, then they'll be delay. like, exactly, right. I mean, are, is that, is National Review, is anyone at National Review ever right about anything, like, ahead of the curve? Are they ever like, oh, we see this, this is bullshit? Never. They are always what? the first ones to defend the establishment. Well, why would they, after the stuff that came out about the FISA and the other information that we we got in the investigations with no thanks to them or the mainstream media why would it why would you dismiss the fact that of uh, that an, an, one of the intelligence agencies is monitoring tucker carlson's email i i just don't i don't find that surprising at all i don't know how if you pay attention you would find that at the remotely surprising well it's laziness too because look the person who wrote this i won't say his name because i think you like him or you're friends with him people can figure it out on their own but um The person who is mocking this today, you know, he's not aware of what the uh, Office of Director of National Intelligence, Avril Haines, who is a Brennan lackey, an Obama loyalist who helped perpetuate the whole Russian collusion thing, among other things. You know, he did he watch the hearing in April when Devin Nunes and Chris Stewart absolutely blasted her and Nakasone, who is the head of the NSA for using their intelligence, their authority uh, against Americans. He didn't watch that hearing. He hasn't read the reports that they are issuing claiming that domestic violent extremists pose a huge threat to the, uh, to the homeland when they're not supposed to be touching Americans whatsoever unless some way they can prove that they are connected or associated with foreign terrorists. And so they were confronted about these reports and about using their tools, they all admitted, no, we are not allowed to use our authority against Americans. And so Chris Stewart, the congressman from Utah, was like, but you did. It's in this. We have your reports right here. You have an entire report talking about domestic violent extremists with, by the way, a sketch of the U.S. Capitol building on top of that. Where This is not your job. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. So for the most part, I think these people on the right who are the never Trumpers or establishment, whatever you want to call them, it's not just that they're ignorant or they just get duped over and over. They're lazy, which to me is even worse. Do your fucking homework. This isn't hard to find out what the intelligence community not only was up to four years under Trump, but is doing now with in full view and, uh, you know, what would you call it? Support, encouragement by Biden slash Obama. Well, like I said, there there are people inside of political the political industry, like I was talking about earlier, that have an, a vested interest in the status quo. And they're always going to fight back against anything that threatens breaking up the status quo. And so having the intelligence community come under scrutiny is a threat to that. So they don't they don't want to they don't want to entertain it. They can't believe it. I mean, there are people that legitimately are not capable of believing that federal government agencies could be corrupted. There are people that just can mentally can cannot go there. They're not capable. But then there are people who have a stake in the way that the way business as usual goes. And they get money from people who have a stake in the way business as usual goes. And so they're not going to they're not going to rock the boat. And if that means that they convince themselves of things that are, you know, implausible or um, crazy, that's what they'll do. And we've seen that for we've seen that for five or six years. 
Well, here's the other thing, too, Liz. I think they don't really want to touch these cultural issues. They definitely don't want to touch these deeper administrative uh, insidious issues out of Washington, D.C., because for four years they mocked Trump about, oh, the deep state. There's no deep state there. Well, we know that there are, but they also they don't know how to handle these issues. Right. So they don't want to take on fights like this. They want to talk about tax cuts or they want to talk about inflation or they want to talk about, you know, welfare reform. Like they really want to go back to the mid 1990s when none of these issues were on the forefront. And while the left was seizing control over every institution, including ones that used to be considered conservative, like, say, corporate America, uh, et cetera, while they were seizing control, these doofuses were still sitting around being like, oh, you know, we need more incentives, you know, welfare to work. That's what we, that's what the country really needs to worry about. And they just want to go back to those days. Because they have no idea how to confront this. They don't want to confront it. They don't want to acknowledge that it's real, that it is an insidious threat, not just to the country, but to an individual Americans whose lives they're destroying. Um, and right. so yeah, I yeah. think that's part of it, too. Yeah. This is beyond their their grasp. It's beyond their capabilities. This is not why they went to work for National Review. They went to talk about you know, reforming the tax code or how we can get into more wars in the Middle East. Not this. Yeah. No, I <clears throat> I think you're right. And I I also think that's why there have been a lot of other media outlets and groups that have grown and, um, you know, flourished in knowing that these these legacy institutions on the right are not really representing representative of the people. So, you know, what are you do, eating? You have, are like, you are you celebrating your Juneteenth? Continuing no, is that, that your no. Juneteenth candy? No, I put a zinc lozenge in my mouth. You put a what? A zinc lozenge? What's do you that? ever do you, you don't take you don't take like Zycam? There if you have a cold, you can take a zinc lozenge. It really helps you. So I was just have a zinc lozenge in my mouth because I think I'm getting a cold. <laughs> oh, no, I'm zinc. serious. Oh, zinc. Yeah, zinc. What do you think I said? Stink. I really thought you said oh, stink. Come on. I'm like, what is a stink lozenge? This sounds awful. <laughs> no, it's a zinc lozenge. It's Zycam. Oh, do you have a cold? Well, I think I might be getting a cold. So I love Zycam. I take so much Zycam. It's not funny. <clears throat> and I also take wow. a regular zinc supplement. But I found those zinc lozenges really take the edge off, like, really fast. So I'm like, I'm Can getting. I, should I send you some zinc ice cream for the holidays? Oh, my God. For your summer Only if treat. you send me two scoops, two scoops <laughs> of zinc ice cream for me. Thank you. Um, that's so funny. I didn't know it was that obvious that I have something in my mouth. But I'm anyway. sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Thanks for, for sharing with all our listeners that I'm. You know, doing something else while we do this podcast, which is well, putting zinc laws into my mouth. Hey, you know what? You might have saved a lot of our listeners from a cold. Who knows? I don't want to get the Delta variant, right? Because <laughs> oh, there now there's this form, there's a formidable Delta variant out there that we're being told is, you know, a problem. I haven't looked into it, but I just don't believe anything they say. I, I just don't care. Where do you think most Americans are? Because even my, you know, in the blue states now, the governors are back to wearing their masks. I think there's another indoor mask mandate back in L.A. County. Like, you know, this is coming, right? You know, this is coming again for the fall. Um, are What are people going to do? Just completely tune them gonna out? I think they're going to try. I, I don't think, I just don't, I don't see how it, I, I don't see how people buy into this shit anymore. And you know what's going to happen? I do, This is what will happen, I think. Some states are going to close down and other states are not like, you know, I think the red states are going to stay open and the blue states will shut down again. And we'll see how that works out for the blue state people. You know, if they want to if they want to be shut down again, then they can enjoy their California or whatever. And then I think other states like Florida, because, you know, we have a lot of data at this point because this has been going on for over a year, probably a year and a half. OK, we have a year and a half of data. We have different states took different act actions, prevention, 
alleged prevention so we can see. And based on what we were told by the media who are smarter than us and are needed to interpret um, the complicated health directives we get from people even smarter than the media. Um, you know, we were told that people remember when Georgia was was like a homicidal maniac. Didn't they call the governor of Georgia a homicidal maniac because he opened a state that everyone yes. in Florida should be dead? Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. also another serial killer, we were told. That's Texas, right. a lot of states never shut down. The question is, was there ever you know, what's the difference in outcome on the virus between states that shut down and states that didn't? And those states that remained open perform better or the same as states that shut everything down. So I I don't know how they make the argument. I mean, maybe the idiots in blue states that like, you know, uh, enjoy authoritarianism, (laughs) right? Yeah. Enjoy authoritarianism are, will be happy to shut down again. But I don't see Florida, Texas, um, no. Georgia, a lot of southern states never shut down. I don't think South Dakota or North Dakota shut down. I don't think Wyoming shut. I mean, these states are not going to shut down. So it'll just be New York, New Jersey. You know, it'll be the usual suspects. Illinois, I'm sorry. Yes, um, no, he's Virginia, where I am. Yep. So we'll flee. We'll flee our states and go to freedom states where we don't have to put up with this. But um Yeah, the Delta. But I mean, Fauci now at this point is such a clown. Um, He's He's been really laying low lately. Yeah. They they probably, you know, like in the vaudeville shows when there would be an act and it would be really bad. A giant hook would come out from the side of the stage and it would like hook the. The the, yes, the, the, the dancer exactly. Yep. Get the hook or the gong show. It's like he got the gong. Like they were like, get out. We need he's a hot mess. <laughs> I like the hook though. Just taking the hook slowly coming out of the side and just yanking him off the stage. Get the hook. But the gong, who was the host of the gong show? Not Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris yes, no, is, an, uh, I think, a performer. I don't. Uh, all right. I'm going to Google it. It's Chuck I just said Bear Chuck Woolery. Obviously, that's not. That was the love <laughs> that's, connection. Dude, that's Wheel of Fortune. Oh, no, that's no. Pat Jack. No, Chuck Hillary was, was what? Love connection. Love connection. <gasps> oh my gosh, right. Love connection. Oh my gosh. Love connection. Remember he would do like, we'll be back two and two. Like, oh my God. I do remember. That show was so painful. Wait, was the name of it Love Connection? It's Chuck Barris. Chuck um, Barris. Okay. I'm going to look up Chuck Woolery now because now it's going to drive me bananas. And I'm sure if you're a listener, Oh, he did do Wheel of Fortune and then Love Connection. Did? He did Wheel of wow. Fortune from 1975 You're... to 1981. And then he did Love Connection to 1983 to 1994, which was the one where they would always go making whoopee. Was that the newlywed game? The newlywed game. <laughs> Remember that? Yes, that's right. Did you ever watch that? was so cheesy. And they'd be like, which which one of you likes to make whoopee the most in the evening? And it would be like, oh, they said make whoopee. Uh, to live in the pure days of the 70s and 80s. Seriously. Now we have like 11 year olds twerking on TikTok. And, you know, ugh, did they terrible. are there any game shows at all? You know what? I loved. Um, I will obviously name that tune. That was the classic. But what was the that, oh yeah. card sharks? I loved card sharks. That was fun. I love that. And also. Um, I, I did, I do like wheel of fortune <clears throat> that has been on forever. I was really good at the price is right. Um, and I would watch <laughs> the price is right in college too, because, you know, I was such a poor student. I knew exactly how much everything cost because, you know, when you're a student, you don't have a budget. So, I mean, you have a, a very tight budget, right? I was always so good at the price is right. There's a great <laughs> documentary, by the way, on Netflix. I can't remember the name of it about a guy who cheated the price is right. It's such oh a fascinating. God. Have you ever heard about this story? No. There was a guy who stayed home and watched the the price is right so much. He had a spreadsheet and he had figured out how much everything cost. And then he went to the show and he would stand in the audience. He would be in the audience and he would like, remember the showcase showdown? 
You do. Yes. Oh, yeah. At yes. the very end, the showcase showdown, and they'd be like, you know, you get a trip to the Bahamas, and you get this new car and an oven. And, you know, the, the person, part of the fun of the game is that the contestant would always look at the audience and look like clueless. Like, what do I do? What, what's the number? And <laughs> the people me. in the audience would be like, yeah, and the people in the audience would be like, $5,000, you know, $6,000. And then this guy would go to the taping and he would literally shout out like 62,452. And like one time someone took it and it was exactly right. And then he oh. kept doing it. Then he got on the show. It's a great documentary. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was so fascinating because the story is also just about the people who um, were worked the game and the management and the, the people who designed the prizes and they were like, how the hell is this guy? I mean, this guy wasn't like a hundred dollars off. This guy was like $1 off of a very elaborate package of goods. It was ridiculous. Wow. It's such, it was such a great, um, it was such a great show documentary. I love documentaries. So, but I like the prices, right? I loved, I loved the wheel of fortune. Um, do you remember to tell the truth? No. There would be no. somebody, there would be a bunch of people um, up there and they would claim that they were someone like, I'm, um, you know, I'm Gerald Ford. And they would, they were, they, you, one of them was Gerald Ford, but two of them weren't. And so the contestant would ask them questions and they'd have to guess, like, which one is the real, something like that. By the way, the, this documentary is called The Perfect Bid. Highly, oh. highly, I highly recommend it. 100% worth it. Um, by the way, Julie, did you ever watch the Friends reunion? Because we didn't get to talk about that. No, I didn't. I felt like I watched enough clips that that, um, yeah, that that counted. Yeah, that, it was really interesting. I know it you said, really, you, I think you told me offline that you really liked it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I was never a huge Friends fan, but I, I, I was like, oh, this is, this is neat. You know, I did watch Friends and to see them all get back together. Um, I'm a big fan of Matt LeBlanc. Like he has gone on to do some really funny things that just haven't gotten enough, hasn't gotten enough notoriety. But I know everyone knows where Jennifer Aniston is. And I guess Courtney Cox is in some stuff. And Lisa Kudrow. I mean, they've all gone on to be not Matthew Perry. Um, I think he may yeah. be the least visible of all of them. Or I don't know what David Schwimmer is up to. But overall, I, I, I thought was it was doing cool. like local. Yeah. I think he was doing Chicago for a, a long time. I think okay. maybe that's it. And I think Matthew Perry just like goes in and out of rehab facilities. That's my that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, that was that was kind of sad. It was interesting to see how they'd aged and like what kind of work they obviously had done. But um, yeah, I just was wondering if you if you caught up with it. I'm a big documentary watcher. So anyone who's listening, if you've seen a good documentary, tweet it at me. I'll, I will, I will watch it. I will watch any documentary about anything. I just find them so fascinating. Although a lot of the ones on HBO and Showtime are so politically biased. I can't watch those. Cause I'm like, okay, you're lying. You're you know lying. what I did watch that just blows me away. And every American should watch is crime of the century, which is about how big pharma uh, worked with politicians and doctors to just turn so many Americans into drug addicts, um, first on Oxycontin and then now fentanyl. It is, it, it's really good. What, where, what is that? What uh, network? It's HBO. Is it HBO? Okay. Let me think. HBO I'll find it. I have, I have a bunch of them. I'll, it's that's really good, great. Liz. You should watch it. Cause I know you, I I mean, you come from a medical family, so you would, yeah. uh, you'd appreciate it I or be totally, horrified and I, be horrified. It's horrifying that uh, good for them for doing it. I know there's one, a medical documentary that was really good. That's on Netflix called the bleeding edge, which is about the industry of medical devices, which I was horrified to find are almost entirely unregulated. And the documentary is following these people that have had a, a medical devices, like a hip replacement, a shoulder replacement, a knee replacement, these things that go into your body and they are 
very much unregulated. Basically, like they get great things get grandfathered in. So it's like, well, we've already approved a knee replace the knee replacement. So not your knee replacement, not the brand and company that just made the one that's going into your body. But, you know, 30 years ago, we've been, we've approved a knee replacement. And this, these people are sick. The devices are failing. They're infecting them. They're, they're I mean, it was, it, you know, you want to think that the FDA is good for something, you know, that, that this would be, you know, you have one job, right? Nope. So very horrifying. Um, so that's a... Uh, me and Julie's impression of uh, Cisco and Ebert um, at, at <laughs> the happy, right. at, for happy hour where we talk about movies that we watch. I watch a lot of TV to like clint cleanse my brain from mm-hmm. politics and stuff. So anyway, I need to do thank that. you for listening this week. If you don't subscribe, head over to iTunes, subscribe and give us five stars and have a fantastic weekend and for those of you who celebrate the 4th of July um and Independence Day you you have a good holiday as well and we will see you next week happy 4th thanks for listening to happy hour with Julie and Liz we'll see you next week Bye.